Hey, Ignite City Church. Um, hey, from our Bible reading today, it's out of Exodus chapter 12, a thing that stood out to me, but it, let's start with Isaiah 53, verse 7, as we jump in. It says this, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. This passage, uh, the whole the whole chapter of Isaiah 53 and part of the end of uh, Isaiah 52 is talking about Jesus, Jesus coming and Jesus taking on the wrath of God and being the sacrifice for us. But it, the key word for me in that one was slaughter, because look at it again. He was afflicted, yet he not, but he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In other words, he didn't fight against what was going to come. He submitted and surrendered to it. Why? Because this was the plan of God to redeem mankind, humanity, um, to redeem us, to buy us back from sin and death. He paid the penalty that was necessary, so he didn't fight against it because it was his will. I bring up this passage a lot out of, out of Ephesians chapter 1, that before the foundation of the world you were chosen in him. So that means that before God created anything, the plan of salvation was already in place and you were already, you were already chosen. And so I just think it's so important when we look at that idea of Jesus being slaughtered, and yet he didn't push against it. He knew it was coming, and yet he was terrified. We know he was terrified because of his prayer in the garden, where he, we, where he said at least three times, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. In John chapter 17, you see the long extended prayer of what it is that he prayed while he was in the garden. But he said, I don't want to do this. He began to sweat drops of blood, but not my will, your will be done. He was terrified of what was coming, but he did not fight against it when he was reminded, if he needed to be reminded, or when he was re-encouraged, hey, this is the only way. This is the only way. It has to be this way. And he wanted us. I mean, out of John chapter 17, around verse 23 or 24, he says something like, Father, I want those that you have given to me to be with me where I am to see me in all my glory. It's something like that. That was his heart's desire. He wanted us. And so to know that he went forward without fighting against it. But that key word slaughter just stands out. And then so we look at in Exodus chapter 12, verse 6, where God is giving uh, instructions to Moses and Aaron to pass on to the Israelites. They're about ready to leave Egypt. The Exodus is going to happen. But they, there's the Passover lamb. There's the Passover that's going to happen where the firstborn of every person and every animal is going to be killed. Um, and so God says, hey, this is the way to make sure that you're protected. And so when we look at that passage, we go, okay, so God had, he, he's showing mercy to his people. And yet he even showed mercy to the people of Egypt. He gave warnings about all these plagues and Pharaoh kept pushing against it. So when we pick up in verse five of Exodus chapter 12, it says, and you must have an unblemished animal, a year old and unblemished is important because it would point to us, or it points us to Jesus being without sin. And yet, even though he was without sin, he was tempted in every way, according to the writer of Hebrews, he was without sin. And because of that, he sympathizes with us in our weaknesses because he knows how hard this is. So the unblemished part is important. So an unblemished, a perfect animal um, needs to be slaughtered, one that's a, a year old and a male. You may take it from either the sheep or the goats. You are to keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter the animals at twilight. So the twilight is the uh, time between uh, dawn and the sunrise. And but it says everyone's going to slaughter the animal at the exact same time. Um, remember, it's the unblemished, the unblemished sheep or goat um, without any blemishes in it and a year old. 
It's that word slaughter there in verse 6. And here's what that word means. It means to slaughter and to kill, yes. But also listen to this part. Take the life of a creature implying that the object being killed offers little or no resistance. And it points to what it is that Jesus did. So again, you take an exodus. How do we know that this points to Jesus? Well, when the, when the blood from the animal was placed over the door, um, like the door frame of uh, the people of Israel, the, um, the, that, that God would pass over that home and would not kill the firstborn, showing mercy. So the, the innocent animal that was slaughtered, the blood would be applied to the door frame uh, so that that family was passed over from the, the judgment of God. And so you can point to the, the principles behind you, point to the picture being painted that Jesus' blood was shed for us. When we surrender to Christ, we are covered by his blood, and therefore we will not experience the judgment of God. But again, the animals to be slaughtered, Jesus was slaughtered, but this idea of little or no resistance, Jesus did not fight against this. In fact, Jesus wasn't even the ultimate victim in this. Why? Because in John chapter 10, verse 18, he says, no one takes it. He's speaking about his own life. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. In other words, resurrection is going to happen. This charge I have received from my father. Guys, we got to remember Jesus. Yes, he he was victimized um, and he was tortured by humanity. Ultimately, though, at the will of God, because God wanted to redeem us. And so Jesus walked forward. No one had to push him toward the cross when, or where he, would be, where he would be crucified while he carried uh, the cross beam of the cross. He actually walked toward it. Um, even when he couldn't carry the cross anymore, he continued to walk toward it. Why? He laid down his own life. No one took it up from him. He could lay it down and take it up. And so he wasn't the victim. He was in charge of the whole thing. He was slaughtered on our behalf. He offered no resistance to it because it was the will of God. But he was in complete control of the whole thing. And friends, I hope what's encouraging to you is, one, know that Jesus loves you. But also, two, know and realize and live in the reality that Jesus is in control. He's sovereign over everything. No matter what you're facing, he's sovereign. He knows what he's doing. Hang in there with it all. How it works with his sovereignty and our ability to sin and hurt people. I don't know how all that works out. I just know that God can redeem all of those things. And God is doing his perfect work. He is good and great, even when I don't understand him from my limited perspective. When I face those times, my ultimate question to God is, God, would you show me from your perspective what it is that you're doing, that I might continue to move forward with you, and that I might give you honor and glory as I trust you as you unfold your plan. Friends, love you guys more than you know. I hope you guys hang in there with everything, and we'll talk soon.